The Good Neighbor Network, FM 101.9 and AM 1450 Murfreesboro, FM 100.5 Smyrna, and online at WGNSRadio.com. This is the WGNS Action Line, talking with Rutherford County newsmakers about what matters most to you. Now your host, Bart Walker. Hey, good morning to you. Welcome into the Action Line from WGNS. Summer is officially here. You didn't need me to tell you that. You probably figured that out when you walked outside. Welcome in. We're going to be talking about things you can be doing around the garden, around the yard, on these warm days of summer. And uh, some of them may create a little bit of shade for you, too. We have some master gardeners with us this morning, and we always enjoy the program when they're here. Gives us a new insight into how to do things around the yard and around the garden. Our phone number is 615-893-1450. 615-893-1450. And you can uh, text the message or you can call us, whichever you prefer. With us this morning, Sarah Wade. Hey, Sarah, good morning to you. Good morning. Good to have you with us. Thank you. And along with you is Barry Blair. Good morning. Hi, good to have you here. Our phone number again, 615-893-1450. What seems to be the uh, big topic these days? Anything that uh, has uh, all the conversation going around the water cooler about lawns and gardens? <laughs> I don't know what you say, Barry. I think just it's hot out. <laughs> I think that's it. It's just hot. Yeah. yeah. No, no Keeping your plants bugs. alive. <laughs> well, the June bugs I saw are out. I don't know it's July, but they don't seem to pay attention to the month. So they're out. and Those are the ones we put on strings at one time, a long time ago. Mm-hmm. Yep. But that's cruel now, so we don't do that. Right. <laughs> it's cruel now. <laughs> I, I don't know. <laughs> Who knows? Yeah, it just, you know, the humidity, um, I always tell people that the humidity that we have this time of year just breeds disease and in insects. Every insect and every disease on the planet loves it. So you have to really be careful in your garden. Um, just be aware of things. Be aware of the pest. Don't let it get out of hand. Um, if you see something going on. Research it. Figure I, it out. I heard something, you know, radio really expands your knowledge. <laughs> and on my way in this morning, I was listening to Brian and John, and they were talking about uh, uh, the, 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 those snails. Uh, and they said a snail can sleep up to two or three years. Uh-oh. Have you heard wow. that before? I have not, but it wouldn't surprise me. Well, I heard it on the radio. It must <laughs> well, be true. Well, it must be true then. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I, I don't know. It's, it's, it was interesting. It was weird. <laughs> yeah, that's interesting. So you said this time of the year we seem to have a lot of bugs and insects and things of that sort. Yeah, and it's hot out. So you don't, if you're like me, you don't want to go out. You know, you just kind of look at it. But it can quickly get out of control if you don't. Um, do a little investigating and a little work. <laughs> yeah, I guess, uh, you know, mosquitoes, is that the yes. biggest? And then gnats. I, I, is it gnats that get into the house and they just bug you to pieces? Yeah. <laughs> How do you get rid Gnat of those? Flies. 
with a fly swatter? <laughs> a friend of mine has an electric one. <laughs> that looks pretty fun. You just kind of hit it like a tennis racket, but it fries it in your house. That could be a little fun game. <laughs> okay, so one of those electric things yeah. in the house. Yeah, well, yeah, they're, they're little handheld ones. That, oh, okay. You know, just they have something you can plug into the wall. I, I guess. I don't have one. I just saw a friend doing it. I thought that was kind of fun. <laughs> well, that's a good idea, though, because I was being pestered by those this morning, and I thought, how do you get rid of those? Yeah, that, that would work. Be more fun. <laughs> yeah. So if you have a, a solution to some of these issues yourself and has worked for you, give us a call. 615-893-1450. We are inquiring minds and we need to know. There you go. <laughs> well, what about, uh, are we out of the season for moles and stuff like that, digging up the yards? Are, I don't think we're ever out of season for moles. I heard somebody complaining recently about that and how they were trying to get rid of them. They were digging them up and relocating them. Oh. To the neighbor. That's what the, the, the thing is now, I think, to do with moles. Dig Send them up them and r- move it somewhere else. Yeah. Uh, that's a lot of work. <laughs> and, and then with mosquitoes outside, it. Is that always related to water, standing water somewhere? Yeah, that's going to be your biggest. I mean, um, yeah, any standing water that you have around, you're going to want to, anytime we have this, you know, afternoon thunderstorms and you have a little saucer of water, I mean, I don't know how, I don't know the numbers, but I think a million of them can breed in an inch of water. <laughs> I don't really know, but just always dump out water. That's going to help the, you know, help the mosquitoes. Um, and can be, can, that can be annoying too, because you're, you know, every little saucer can have water in it, but yeah, keep 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 on top of that. I would th- I would say, um, check under your um, let's see, check under your plants. Look under the underside of leaves for bugs, all your pests. Um, the tomato hornworm they like to hide out underneath leaves, so you're going to want to look not just look at what you can see from your eye, but kind of investigate. Um, yeah. It well, now this is going to give one of you a chance to really shine. Because hopefully, <laughs> hopefully one of you is a, a, a tomato fanatic. Uh, a listener says, I have always thought about growing tomatoes. Friends have grown tomatoes. I'm thinking this should be the year I grow tomatoes. What should I do first? And first of all, am I too late? Who did you say, Barry? Well, actually not. I think people, a lot of people still put things out for a second harvest okay. um, later in the fall. And... The weather is really conducive right now because of the bright sunshine, and it rains intermittently, you know, every now and then. Sometimes mm-hmm. sometimes it's on one side of the town, and uh, sometimes it's on the other side of town. Sometimes it's your neighbor's yard. So um, it, it is uh, okay to go ahead and put out some tomato plants now, but uh, it's, it's getting kind of late toward the end of the, the time when you can do that and still have a harvest. Okay, so it must be a short window of opportunity because... We've had those questions before. Everybody loves tomatoes, and mm-hmm. it's always, well, wait a little bit longer. And so now we're saying, hurry up. Hurry up. Yeah, well, you really can put them out starting in early May. They do like the heat, and everyone, I think, forgets that we have September, and September's a hot month for us. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. we really, you kind of think it's your summer gardening that you need to wrap it up by the end of July or end of August, but right. you really have a whole other month of September. Our first frost isn't usually until the beginning or mid of October, and that will just kill everything. So mm-hmm. you really have that whole month. And so if you can do put out a crop now, you could put out green beans now. You could mm-hmm. put out and have that second crop. Or you still have, so you still have time to do it. Um, but we're get, by the end of July, you're probably 
just wait till next year. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and I guess the easiest way is to uh, go to the farmer's market and get your tomatoes there. You you know they're going to be delicious. Yes, and we do have two farmer's markets in town. Um, we have the Tuesday-Friday market, which is up at Lane Agra Park, and that's at 315 John Rice Boulevard, and that's from 7 a.m. to 12 noon every Tuesdays and Friday. And that's all local people. It's 100% local producers, vendors. There's an artisan market on Fridays. And we also have the downtown farmer's market on Saturdays. Um, that is from 8 a.m. till noon. So you have plenty of opportunities in this town to be able to get your produce. And the people uh, who go to those talk about how, with both of them, they're, in addition, baked goods and cheese. Oh, yeah. Just uh, all sorts of things. Yeah. Now, how how is the local honey? Is it uh, in good demand this year? Do we have plenty of it? Sometimes it's been scarce. Uh, do we have much local honey now? Well, there have been several vendors at the Rutherford County Market on Tuesdays and Fridays. And I bought some last week, and it was fantastic. So there, there seemed to be about three vendors that had it. And instantly after local. you tasted it, any allergies instantly went they away. All disappeared. <laughs> yes, yes, miraculously. <laughs> so uh, people really say yeah, that, too. Yeah, I think it's good for you, period. Yeah, it, yeah. it can't be bad. No. no. Uh, even if you eat a whole jar at a sitting. Absolutely. <laughs> and so Just that's, a warm biscuit, that's how I like. <laughs> yeah. Oh, boy. That's, now, today is uh, Thursday, so tomorrow morning, mm-hmm. 7 o'clock until noon right. at the Ag Center. Absolutely, and I'll be there working in concessions, so stop by and see me. Well, there you what, go. What will yeah. you be selling, because that might make us want to come more? Well, we just sell coffee and beverages, soft drinks, and uh, that sort of thing in the uh, concession stand. Okay. To provide the support for the uh, vendors, as well as the people who just come by and want to get a cup of coffee while they're wandering around. Now, for people who are wanting to learn more about what does it uh, take to be a, a master gardener, how do you get into it? Uh, will you be available for those questions tomorrow? Well, just about anybody that's at the the farmer's market that's wearing the green tag with the farmer's market group, there's an information booth that's tabled that's outside under the pavilion. Uh, If you have questions about master, about any gardening question, flowers or uh, vegetable garden, we have a great uh, vegetable uh, garden leader, uh, Pat Phillipson, and she's out there all the time. Uh, picking vegetables and and answering questions for people and also introducing children to uh, to the things that we grow there in the garden it's it's so cool to see kids pulling vegetables off the vine because so many haven't done that you know I grew up on a farm so it um, to me it's something that was just kind of second nature but but to see them pick their own blackberries we have a few of those kinds of things there but yes there's people all kinds of people available even if we're not out in the demonstration gardens there are people that are available in the concessions and there's people just wandering around um, helping and we're all you can just stop anybody and ask them a question now we were over at uh, our daughter's house this fourth of july and she had some fresh uh i think it was blackberries or blueberries mm-hmm. one of mm-hmm. them uh i was i had forgotten how sweet they are absolutely yeah. it yes. was so good yeah uh, and and probably good for you too. They they're filled with uh, antioxidants and stuff like that. I think any berry is 
any, yeah. any kind of berry is really good for you. And, you know, they're even sweeter when you don't have to pick them yourself. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> they are so you just grow the thornless kind like I do, and it's not a big okay, deal. Okay, <laughs> then, that, then that works. But I remember as a kid picking them at my grandmother's house and the chiggers and the heat and the snakes and other things. Yes. So it's nice to go to a farmer's market and, yeah. and pick them yourself <laughs> That's right. from the table. <laughs> Although I have to remember climbing trees when I was a kid. Uh, some friends had cherry trees, mm-hmm. and they said, do you want to come pick cherries? And it was one for me, one for them. That's right. <laughs> I, That's right. I guess I was seven or eight years old at the time, and uh, still remember that. Good and memories. still enjoy cherries, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, here's a question. A listener says, I've enjoyed going to the farmer's market. I love looking at the lake and I look at the garden around the farmer's market. Uh, and what what special what's special about the garden at the lake? Uh, is there something there that uh, most homes could benefit from having one similar to that? I'll let you take this one. Well, I'm not sure exactly how close to the lake, but there's the the, the you demonstration. Have more than one, then. Well, there is. There's several different demonstration gardens that we okay. have. Okay. There's when you first come into the complex near the entrance to the ag center. There is a perennial garden. Mm-hmm. that has a lot of uh, perennial plants, and it blooms really. It's just beautiful, in the, especially in the early spring. And then right around the corner from that, there's the rain garden, which helps reduce the flow of water to um, slow the water to stop the erosion as it goes into. And that was just recently redone. Gail Tate is one of the leaders of that, and she's a good friend of mine. And then when you come on around the corner right across from the uh, community center, there is the vegetable garden. There's a small fruits demonstration. There's some um, crepe myrtle demonstration. Uh, there's a composting area. and oh, Blackberries. Blackberries, blueberries. There's uh, some a, a small orchard. Uh, and then there's a butterfly garden, an herb garden, a tea garden. Um, so there's all kinds of things around there. There's even a second. Some of the interns this year are working on the second, redoing the second uh, rain garden that's down closer to the um, to the lake area. Now, the but, rain garden keeps the soil from going into the lake? Is that what it does? Well, it, it the one that starts up near the um, uh, UT Extension, t- UTTSU Extension Building, Run, takes all the runoff from the parking lot and funnels it into the, the basin there that they just widened and had an expert come from, I don't recall her name, but she came from UT. Mm-hmm. And, and Dr. Andrea Ludwig. Yes, and a great lady, and she came and helped redo it because it had kind of, uh, water had kind of um, eroded it a little bit, <laughs> or maybe maybe people got too excited about how they did it, and they helped open it up so that the basin would be wider and planted some... some uh, grasses in the in the base part to, to hold the the water and slow it down and then there is a an embankment or, or a little berm of uh, uh, what do you call that the rocks mm-hmm. that are built there to kind of slow it down so that it's not moving because it comes off in torrents off of that pavement uh, we've all been out there when it's been you know gotten nearly knee deep in the um, rain garden but yes it does slow it also filters out all of the debris that comes the oh, seeds yeah. the the oil the you know the the gross stuff and it filters it there before it goes on out to uh, the water when when you were talking about the rain garden and slowing down the flow of water and what have you i was before you had gotten into that i was thinking 
this is sort of a limited, uh, you know, number of people who could benefit this yeah. from this. But uh, everybody gets rain. Yeah, everybody. everybody uh, well, most people have a paved driveway mm-hmm. or a street that's paved. Mm-hmm. The water can come off of that sure. in torrents, mm-hmm. and uh, you don't have to have a creek no. to need it. Yeah, yeah. Especially if you have an area in your yard that is um, like that, you get a mini pond when mm-hmm. it rains. Mm-hmm. You know, that's really where you can consider. Um, putting in what's called a rain garden. You can research it online. You can come to any of us. We can tell you about it. But there are certain plants that really do benefit from tons of water. And then if it dries out, they still live. You know, so it's a kind of a perfect little, I don't know what the word I'm looking for is, but, you know, a little, it's just a great resource for a home garden too. Ours at the Ag Center is really big, um, but it is funneling, you know, how many acres of pavement do we figure out? It's a lot. It's a lot. It is a huge. <laughs> um, but the smaller rain garden that they're working right. on is more one for a home. Right. So would that also, you said in areas where you have ponding in your yard, mm-hmm. uh, will it reduce the ponding, soak up the water quicker? or well, How does that work? It will. It'll it'll help that, and it'll also um, just help funnel that water. You know, sometimes when the well, I should say, well, I'll just say, a lot of times builders <laughs> don't when they put plants in your yard, they don't think about the long term what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. You know, they'll plant a tree too close to your house. You you're, now you're going to have, you know, twenty years down the road, you're going to have roots in your foundation, and um, it's not really beneficial. So this just helps. It's just one of the mechanisms that will help your yard. <laughs> okay, here's a question, interesting question, too, from a listener who said, uh, for the past 20 years, my neighbor has had uh, the whole area around the back line fence uh, with tall pine trees. The house was recently sold, and the new owner decided they didn't like the pine trees, so they were all cut down. Now, suddenly, I go from having a very shady backyard <laughs> from their pine trees to having bright sunshine because mm-hmm. there are no trees. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, does this bring about a need for me to do some changes in my soil? Because don't pine trees, uh, aren't they very acidic? And what should I do to uh, determine what is needed to make my yard right? I don't know that you Probably the, the first thing that came to mind is that if you have a garden area, you just went from a shade garden to a sun garden. And uh-huh. so that could fry. If you have a bunch of shade plants who just like the shade, they're now all going to be fried and dead. <laughs> <laughs> so you might move those to a shady area. Um, as far as the soil itself, I don't think it would make any difference. Um, I think you'll be just fine. Um, but, but the great opportunity is now that you can have a garden where you didn't, couldn't have a garden before, true. like a vegetable garden. you got to make sunshine out of this it situation. Has to have sunshine. Absolutely. Right. Direct. You can grow oh, tomatoes yeah. there. Yes. That's a good point. Yes. <laughs> okay, so tomatoes are okay right now. What else can we plant? This person, you've suddenly given them some new direction. Uh, beans. I would do beans. A pole bean or bush bean. Um Let's see. What else is a great cucumber? Your your peppers. They love the heat. They yeah. love the heat. So peppers, um, jalapenos. Of course, that's in the pepper family. Um, any of those type. Yeah, they just love the sunshine. Can't get enough of it. Just move your hostas. Move your hostas. Yes, they will fry. <laughs> what What about iris? Do they? What they love they? the sun. Okay. Iris so. just you know they're our state flower, mm-hmm. and they um, just thrive no matter what. Yeah. <laughs> That iris just 
they can take it all. And I guess that's why it's the state flower. I guess so, yes. <laughs> Our phone number is 615-893-1450. We're going to pause, check on the traffic and weather. We will be back. If you have a lawn or garden question, give us a shout. We do have an open line right now, text or talk, whichever you prefer, all at 615-893-1450. Visiting with us this morning, Sarah Wade and Barry Blair, two master gardeners here in the heart of Tennessee. We'll be right back. Don't throw away old flags. WGNS retires old glory with respect. Bring those tattered Bibles here, too. We're more than talk. Hi, this is Peter Demas. One of the things that we've done years ago is we've been able to do our orders, like our pastas and many other items, that we used to be able to put them in large pans. And now we have a catering team that will even deliver it to your home. We can drop it off for you, set it up, or they can come in and pick it up. Look up our catering menu on www.demasrestaurants.com. This is Peter Demas at Demas's Restaurant, 1115 Northwest Broad Street in Murfreesboro. Hi, this is Amanda from Animal City. We need to be especially mindful to protect our pets from fleas and ticks. Here at Animal City, we carry a variety of products to keep your dog and cat safe. In addition to products that will directly protect your pet, we carry a variety of items to keep your home safe as well. Here at Animal City, we would like to thank Murfreesboro for letting us be your family-owned and operated pet store for 33 years. You can find us at Animal City at 919 Northwest Broad. Good morning. It is moving a little bit better through Hermitage than it was earlier when you had that crash 40 westbound near Central Pike. Trying to finish up the paperwork on a crash at 6th Avenue at Lee. Traffic's a little bit heavy there on 65 southbound at Trinity Lane. you got that heavy traffic now coming down through uh, Sumner County on 65 going southbound. Trying to get through Millersville. If you own your own business, you may be ready for your next adventure. Dynamite Brokers can help you sell your business with a huge profit. Check them out online at dynamitebrokers.com. I'm Commander Chuck with your on-time traffic. A few scattered showers and thunderstorms at times this afternoon. Blend of clouds and sunshine develops high in the upper 80s. Tonight's slight chance for storms, low near 69. I'm meteorologist Jennifer Wojcicki on News Radio WGNS. Currently, it's 74. This is Sean Brown at Tire World on Broad Street. Did you know we specialize in commercial and fleet business? We're equipped to handle all of your company's automotive needs. Download our Tire World app today for free oil changes and electronic coupons. Come by today for all of your automotive needs. Online at tireworld.us. We're News Radio WGNS 100.5, 101.9, Online and on your phone at WGNSradio.com. Did you realize that every day the action line on WGNS is powered by Middle Tennessee Electric? MTE has helped provide light, comfort, and connection to our community since 1936. And as your trusted energy advisor, MTE is always here to help. Connect online at mte.com. Or download the My MTE app. Happy birthday to Keith Murray. Keith, happy birthday for you. Uh, he's out there celebrating and he gets the uh, delicious banana pudding from the Slick Pig Barbecue. Keith is our birthday winner today. 
Our good neighbor today is Brianna Staley, and she receives flowers from Ryan's Flowers Coffee and Gifts. Jenny Harrison and the family over there always making people happy at Ryan's Flowers Coffee and Gifts. Welcome back. We are talking lawns and gardens this morning. Our focus is on making things that you can enjoy. Gardens, food in the garden, things like that. Flowers, wow. With us from the Master Gardeners, Sarah Wade and Barry Blair. One thing that uh, you've done that's really popular is your Saturday classes over at the Line Ball Library. Tell us about those. Yeah, so every first Saturday we have a class. Lion Ball has been so good to us. Um, we have just we have to do so many programs through them. But the Saturday class is the first Saturday of every month at 9 a.m. Uh, there's an upstairs conference room that we are in. Um, the next one will be August the 6th. And the topic is, Why Does My Plant Look Sick? Um, which is, you know, we talked earlier about this is the time of year we have diseases and bugs and attacking all of our plants so if you have any questions on that they'll give a presentation but they're also um, will answer questions and then september 2nd is using native plants in your landscape native plants and uh, why that's important to use native plants and do you want to tell them about the podcast barry well the podcasts are in cooperation with the line ball library and the master gardeners and there's, you can currently listen on several of those. There's an introduction to the Master Gardener program, uh, starting a compost pile, gardening with children, insects, friend or foe. Those are some that have been recorded um, on the podcast that are available. Okay, so these are all coming up. Uh, and the uh, next class at Lineball is first Saturday. And that is in August. August the 6th will be the next one, yes. And you can go to the Lineball website, which is rclstn.org, or what I do is I just type in Lineball into Google. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, And then you can go to their events page, and everything is listed there. And I've often asked that question, why does my plant look sick? Yes. (laughs) It's a common one. (laughs) Is is there a good answer? Everybody's different, I guess. Every plant is different, and every disease is different. Uh, here's a question from a listener. They're asking, uh, you talked about the, uh, I'm, I'm not sort of a jumble of words. I'm thinking <laughs> they're talking about the, uh, the the stuff you put in the backyard and make the, uh, the, the compost. Compost, yes. Uh, tell us a little about that because there's always, for some reason, that's a, a a mystery of People life. overthink that, don't they? Very do. seriously. He's, 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 he's a pro, but they overthink it. <laughs> Go ahead, I really Barry. enjoyed doing composting. I did it a lot last year when I went through the internship class and then started volunteering for that and have continued this year. But it's really a simple process. My dad used to compost, cold compost. We put the, the gardening refuse in a pile in the corner of the garden and left it till next year. He just turned it over every now and then. And it's as simple as that. It will naturally break down if you leave it alone. But we do a little bit more aggressive type of composting. And William Zellers is one of the leaders of the composting program at the demonstration gardens. And we have some tumblers. We have um, some bins that we use and all kinds of things that we're experimenting with so that we can share that information with other people. But the basics for me is if you, to make it as simple as possible for anybody, 
um, you pretty much can compost anything that doesn't have an oil base to it. So we avoid usually avoid citrus and onions and garlic and, and that kind of thing. And um, usually we chop it up because it breaks down a little bit more when you um, make it smaller. But it's usually, uh, for at least for, for what I have read and, and what we learned last year, it's usually two parts brown to one part green. So anything fresh with a lot of nitrogen, even grass clippings, you would do one part. And then you do like leaves. We use a lot of shredded paper. I, I teach at MTSU and we have a lot of shredded paper sometimes and I'll bring a bag out to the demonstration gardens when, we, when we've used up all of our leaves and straw. And we'll mix that in. It also puts back into the community the paper that we purchased from somewhere around the world. <laughs> and so we're not wasting it. It's not going back into, you know, just the garbage or, or the... the uh, um, area out there on the other side of town um, where we are putting it in a in a dump somewhere. So um, I use eggshells. I usually take eggshells and we'll, what does that do? Eggshells are great, especially for the tomato uh, person that called in, uh, because one of the biggest problems in Tennessee with t- is blossom rot on the bottom of tomatoes, and people aren't sure they have beautiful tomatoes, and then right at the right when they start to turn, they will get uh, a rot place on the bottom and it's because of lack of calcium in the soil so one of the things that we encourage people to do is take your eggshells uh, crush them up well actually i put them in the microwave to kill everything that might be on them and it also helps to begin the uh, breakdown process and then i just crush them up and just put them in a handful at a time in the uh, compost so you're saying back in the soil if you are growing tomatoes and you use compost uh, initially before you get the tomatoes yes. growing, those tomatoes have a better chance of being healthy. Absolutely. Without the bottom end lot. Yes, especially if you have good calcium. And people use other. You can buy calcium and, and um, bone meal and other things to put around your tomatoes, but it's better to do it when you first start and when you plant your tomatoes to put a little bit of, of uh, calcium-rich compost in your soil. It does take a while for the um, eggshells to break down. But then again, you're putting something that you would normally throw in the trash. Sure, um, yeah. You're using it in your own yard. And so you're getting more value out of what you're purchasing, especially when eggs were so expensive yeah. this last year. Uh, it made me feel good to use the eggshells that, mm-hmm. that I had. And one less thing to send to the landfill. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Now, uh, Lister is uh, sort of playing off of that. And they're asking uh, uh, on composting. They said they've heard that the compost gets hot sometimes. With all of that paper in there, is there ever a chance that uh, compost could catch on fire? Well, there is a possibility, but with composting, you want to keep it kind of moist. So that keeps the the possibility of fire from occurring. Plus, it's mixed in with other things, other green material, so that it, it usually will, will heat up. I think you want to get somewhere around 145 degrees if you're doing hot composting for the breakdown to occur. And then every now and then we will turn the composting over mm-hmm. to, to make sure that it's aerated. But when you see earthworms and, and other critters in there, then you know you're doing a good job. So do you check it with a the thermometer? Is that how you know We do take its temperature. I know that sounds <laughs> weird. And sometimes I feel a little weird doing it. But, um, yes, we use a meat thermometer. We have uh-huh. several. And we every time we're out at the demonstration gardens, one person will usually do the temperature of each of our bins to, to see 
when it is getting close to being finished. It's, it takes about six weeks if you're doing hot composting okay. and you stop putting things into it. So you can use that actually within a couple times in the same season. And it's just a great way. We repurpose everything from the vendors that they want to uh, discard the you know, cabbage leaves and old cucumbers or things that may not mm-hmm. be fresh the next time or that they may not want to use it. And they will, we go around and pick those up and then we put it in the demonstration gardens. Uh, so we chop it up and put it in the compost. Once it gets to the 140 something degrees uh, and you said it's finished then. Well, it will, uh, it will you... stay at that for a while as it breaks down okay. and then it starts to cool off again. Uh-huh. And and you can really tell when the composting is getting close to being finished is that it has a, a an earthy smell. Uh, it's not nasty. There's nothing. You shouldn't really ever smell um, a horrible smell with your compost. It's just kind of a mild earthy smell. But when it smells really earthy, then you know your compost is ready. And that's when it does its best. Yes, it's ready to use. It's usually very moist, and it's usually you can break up all of it. The, if there's chunks in there, you can break up all the little pieces. And we actually put it through a sifter to uh, break it apart a little bit. And um, then we use it in the vegetable garden. Is this so, something that uh, if you don't use it all up this season, could you use it next season? Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yep. Okay, so Absolutely. it doesn't get old. No. Okay. And if you're like me, you just keep adding to the compost yeah. pile. You forget it, to pull it out. So it just is years and years and yeah. years of compost. <laughs> oh, neat. But it's the best thing, and it's free. So yes. it's a, it's literally yeah. the best thing, not just for your vegetable gardens, for your flower gardens, for your yes. trees. It's the best thing. It's from nature. And so um, it's free, and it's the best. So I think yeah. leaves are wonderful in the fall. Rake up your leaves, or um, I will run over them with a lawnmower to break them up. You don't have to. But break them up. Again, Barry talked about how it breaks it down. The smaller pieces break down. That's the best mulch is the leaves from the trees from your neighbors, you know? So, so neat. And it's all free. And it's yeah. just, that's just the way that the environment works. I think it's humans we come in and try to mess it up. But Mother Nature has a system, you know? <laughs> Absolutely. Now, you mentioned watering it. How much water and when do you water it? Well, you usually want... you. you kind of check the the moisture in it to see if uh, you should it shouldn't be really squishy and wet but it needs to be very moist so you could squeeze if you got a handful of it you could squeeze out a little bit of water um, out of the compost because there is a lot of moisture that's generated in the breakdown process when the vegetables or watermelons or cantaloupes or whatever start to break down there's a lot of moisture that goes into the composting and so you um, just kind of monitor that every time you check it, and then you just, we just always just uh, kind of eyeball it, kind of like your grandmother did with cooking. And <laughs> so we kind of eyeball it, and we kind of get a feel, you know, after you've done it for a little while, you realize that, you know, this needs to be a little more moist in order for the process to continue. Otherwise, it will just kind of stop, and the temperature will start to go down if it if it doesn't have a good balance of moisture. So you're saying put eggshells in, put uh Fruits in. Sure. Put um, everything except for meat and oil. Don't yeah. put hot dogs in there. Nope. No meat. Unless no you oil. want rats. I mean, if you want yeah. to breed rats, then go no, ahead and put the, <laughs> go ahead and put the hot dogs in. <laughs> if you're not yeah. a big rat fan, then I would stay away so, from. So that the, really attracts them. <laughs> right? Oh yeah. 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 Okay. Uh, so there are some things to remember there. Uh, and and how soon do you put it into the soil? Uh, you're going to plant some tomatoes. You're going to plant some beans. You're going to plant whatever. Uh, you want to mix it into there before 
you put the plants in or Yeah, I take during. a scoop of compost when I'm when I plant my tomatoes, I dig the hole for the tomato and I throw the compost in and set the roots right on top. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I know these things sound yeah, silly. No. But uh yeah. you know, people in the fall, um I have raised beds, so in the fall I'll just cover them with leaves and compost and then it just sits all winter. Mm-hmm. And then there now the rain and stuff it's gonna going to leak down leak for better you know in there and it's going to be great for the spring you can't go wrong don't overthink it Mm -hmm. here's another lister says i've just moved into my new home it has no grass zero grass zero trees too (laughs) uh when is a good time to try to remedy that to have some grass and trees the fall. Don't do it now. Just mm-hmm. enjoy your grass-free yard right now. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't touch it until September or October. <laughs> uh, um, September, even, October. Yeah, even November, December. People forget, too, that you know our Decembers are really mild. It really gets cold here January, February. I've been outside on Christmas Day in T-shirts, you know, so... It's not, you think of it being super cold. It can be, but it might not be. So right. um, you do have that extra time, but September, October, for sure. And anytime you're planting trees or shrubs this time of the year, it's just, it's a stress on the the tree when you replant it. And so it just makes it even worse. And then it's more prone to disease. Um, and you have to make sure you keep it watered all the time. So it's better to do it in the fall where it starts to rain a little bit more and there's less stress on the plant itself. And so you have better success. Good morning. You're on WGNS. How are you today? Just fine. Y'all sounding good this morning. Thank you. <laughs> uh, what about what about magnolia leaves? Most of Will they, they compost? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Good. I got seven trees. No. Wow. <laughs> then now, you it, have lots. <laughs> it may take a little while longer for those to break down, so you may want to chop those up a little bit, but yeah, they will eventually I'm break down. I'm awesome, yeah. Okay. Well, cool. That's what I've been wondering about. Thank you much. Yeah, Thank enjoy. You. And there you go. Another happy there listener There you go. Out there. That's what we like. <laughs> so anything that is not meat, uh, you could put it in there, and if you chop it up, uh that makes it go faster. It usually takes, yes. It Chop it up and water down. it down. Yeah. You know, just if you think about when your food rots in your fridge, right? The thing that's in the back of the fridge, right? It's it's small and it's kind of created some condensation inside the package. I just yeah. cleaned out my fridge yesterday. You know? <laughs> <laughs> but it's the same concept, you mm-hmm. know? So the, the little bit of moisture on it and chop it up and... Nature will take its course. Now, the guy with the uh, without the yard has uh, sent us another text. He said, uh, should I do a, a survey on my soil? He says, because I've got plenty of soil. Uh, and should I also clean out the rocks? Should I try to clear those out? Uh, while I don't have any grass to look at the rocks, to hide the rocks. He can definitely do a soil test. Just he needs to go to the extension office, which is at 315 John Rice Boulevard. Um and you can get a soil test kit. It's suite 101. There are different suites. And you can get a soil test kit, and then you can take that home, and um, you, you put your soil into it, and then they send it off to the lab. It costs $20, and they send it to the lab, and he'll get an email of all. You can mark on there if you want to grow vegetables or grass or whatever, and it'll the report that you get back will tell you about your soil and that if you want to grow this, you need to add this. It'll. It's every yard is unique, but that's a wonderful thing to do is a soil test. Okay, and I tell you what, what we're going to pause again for a moment, our final break for this uh, show, and when we come back, we're going to touch on something that he probably will want to listen closely to, and that's the uh, sample plots of grass, 
out at the Ag Center. I mean, you can learn a, a lot just by walking on the grass and seeing what you like. We're loud, we're proud, we're blue. WGNS AM and FM, your home for the Middle Tennessee Blue Raiders. All right, fellas, June is National Men's Health Month, which is a good time to remind you to take care of your health. I recommend going to Low T Center. That's where I get my levels checked. It's typically completely covered by most health insurance, and if you don't have insurance, it's less than $100 for full labs and an office visit with the provider. Low T Center specializes in men's health. Making it quick and easy. Go to LowTCenter.com now to book your appointment online. That's LowTCenter.com. Low T Center, reinventing men's health care. Hi, this is Tina Fox at the Rutherford Farmers Co-op. Come see us for all your gardening needs. We'd have everything you want for those gardens and your lawns. If you're needing special gifts or if you're trying to take care of your feathered friends and furry friends, please come see us. Tina, where are you located? The Rutherford Co-op is located at 985 Middle Tennessee Boulevard, just off of South Church. And you don't have to be a member to shop here. The Rutherford Farmers Co-op on Middle Tennessee Boulevard, just off South Church. Hi, this is Mike Cutter. I am the owner of the award-winning family-owned home care agency, Honey Hill Home Care. Are you or a loved one in need of a reliable, compassionate caregiver? We take the time to match our experienced caregivers with your family member to ensure a comfortable and lasting bond. With us, you can have peace of mind knowing your loved one will receive exceptional assistance, monitoring, and companionship from a trusted caregiver they can rely on. Honey Hill has been the trusted source for home care for hundreds of families in Rutherford County over the last seven years. Learn more at HoneyHillHC.com. Money issues? There's someone local you can talk to. Financial Coaching Radio with certified financial planner Jason Qualls. Weekdays at 4 on News Radio WGNS. We are back. Don't forget Farmer's Market tomorrow, 7 o'clock in the morning until noon at the Lane Agri Park over on John Rice Boulevard. Farmer's Market tomorrow, 7 until noon. And then the Saturday Marketplace on the Murfreesboro Square, 8 until noon. That's all around the Rutherford County Courthouse. And, of course, uh, for our listeners in Smyrna, there's a Farmer's Market Saturday morning, I believe, 8 until noon also. And it's around the train depot uh, on Front Street. So just lots of opportunities. Our phone number is 615-893-1450. You can talk or text, whichever you prefer. We're talking about uh, things you need to be doing right now. Uh, and this person was uh, looking at their yard, which has no grass. I can remember days like that. <laughs> uh, in fact, he might that, that might be good for him. He starts fresh. Yes. Uh, sure. there, tell us about those plots of grass at the Lane Agri Park. Go ahead. <laughs> so Mitchell Moat is the ag agent. You've, you've had Mitchell on the show before, I'm yeah. sure. Um, he is just a grass expert. <laughs> Anytime anyone has a question about grass, I say, go find Mitchell. <laughs> and he is at the ag office um, at Lane Agro Park. He does have plots that are out there that are all different types of grasses. And so you can go out any time of the year and... And I should say to the listener from before of who asked about the demo gardens, everything there is labeled. So if you have, if you wonder what a plant will grow and, you know, a certain type of vegetable, and the same thing with the grass 
plots is that they're all labeled the different types of grasses. You can go out there any time of the year, you know, and see what that grass is going to look like, which I think is great. I keep trying to convince my husband to go over there and um, let's go in the winter and see which one, what it looks like in the winter because some grasses die back. And so, yeah, it's just, it's a great resource that we have. I like his little, uh, the sheet that you get to go along with that. Because you can determine, is this an easy one to take care of, or is it high maintenance? There are a lot of people who uh, love to work on the yard, do lawn maintenance. There are, and there are a lot of people who are very particular about the grass, mm-hmm. you know. Or like us, who we just, we call it the grass, but it's really just the weeds <laughs> that we mow down. It's green. <laughs> it's green. <laughs> so, uh, but we're pretty fortunate here. Uh, most grass, most yards can grow grass. Uh, I guess the only ones that have difficulty are the ones that have a lot of rocks. A lot of rocks or a pure shade is really hard, too. There are some grasses that grow that way. And, you know, as with everything, some things are just hybridized. Hybridized. What's the word? Is that the word? Right? Hybridized? That's <laughs> you a know good that, word. That's a good word. <laughs> sure. I feel like that's the wrong word. Um, to... Yeah, they're making them so that they will grow in the shade or they will Mm -hmm. grow in the sun or, you know, they're kind of adjusting a little bit, which is great with technology that they've been able to do that. Are we able to grow pretty much year around in Tennessee? We are. Like I said, about the exception of January, February, which that's when it's the coldest, sometimes March, but you can really put snap peas out in March. You can put your lettuces out in March, your your cool crops, they call them the the cool weather crops. Um, so really January, February is about the time, sometimes December, you know, so say December, January, February. But other than that, yeah, you really can grow year round. And even in December and those months, you can have those cool crops out there. You can do the, uh, with the glass panes, mm-hmm. with the windows. Mm-hmm. Uh, somebody brought that subject up once and uh, I've been surprised how many people enjoy doing that. Sure. So, yeah. uh, and one thing we have not touched on. And a listener just reminded us, and that is uh, raised bed gardens. Uh, when you don't have uh, a yard, uh, and a lot of people don't, uh, you can put them in pots and boxes and things of that sort. You can do anything for a raised bed. They're, they're what I do. We are on a septic, so our, I didn't want to tear up my backyard, and so I put raised beds for our vegetables. Raised beds have so many advantages. Uh, you can control the soil. They take a lot on the front end mm-hmm. to get to get it because you've got to have whatever you're going to have all around, you know, the, the frame of it, whether that's wood or concrete or whatever. And then you've got to fill it with good soil. You can't just use the red clay from your backyard. You've got to use good soil. But then you can maintain it. You can kind of control what the soil is a little bit better in those. They're fa- a fantastic option. And I understand that it adds a little bit to your growing season. Have you heard that? Yeah, it's going to stay a little bit warmer. It, it, I guess there's some. I've probably never heard exactly about that, but... Mm-hmm. I think that it would because you would, uh, it would stay warmer because it's raised. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people, someone asked at the demonstration garden recently, um, his wife had encouraged him to get raised beds and he had spent a lot of money on these really nice raised beds. And he said, man, I'm going to have to spend a thousand bucks to fill them up. <laughs> and I said, no, you don't. If you've got a neighbor that's got some, some twigs or some branches that you can break up and put in there, you can also shred um, paper, paper, put paper in there. You can put cardboard, just remove the tape and the sticky um, um, items, ta- the tape residue from those. You can put all those kinds of things, which then help build your composting for the next time when you try oh. to turn that over. Mm-hmm. So you have a perpetual 
um, enrichment of your raised bed. You, you made your own compost yes. under the bed. It just takes a little longer to break it down. If you put like some people will put like a, a piece of a log in there to fill up the space. And if you're using smaller pots, I've seen a lot of people take um, a big pot and they invert a smaller pot in there so they don't have quite as much space to fill if they don't have other things that they want to put in there and that that saves a little bit of money on those um, uh, large bags of, of yeah. garden soil that you might buy and that stuff costs it, a lot of it money it can be expensive sometimes. yeah mm-hmm. well on that note we remind everybody again tomorrow is farmer's market seven in the morning until noon at the lane agri-park and then saturday uh, 8 in the morning until noon all around the Rutherford County Courthouse on the Murfreesboro Square. Also 8 until noon Saturday morning at the train depot in Smyrna. Special thank you today to Nancy Caps. No, Nancy wasn't here. Uh, <laughs> never mind. Uh, that, that'll shame her there. Barry Blair and Sarah Wade, Master Gardeners. Thank you for joining thank us. Thank you. Thank you. Much more to come. The fun continues on your good neighbor station, WGNS Murfreesboro.